Hello, welcome to the Keep Sounding Podcast. This is your most recent edition without John. This is Brian, joined by Brad. Brad, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Um, we seem to have gotten a lot of nice responses to our to our episode on the Tiger King, which if you haven't checked it out already and you've watched the Netflix uh, series, please go do that. It was a great time. It was something a little off script for us. What we're doing right now, as we've said in a few of the past episodes, is while we're all locked down for COVID-19, while we're all, you know, trying to get through being at home most of the time, unless you're an essential worker, and even if you're an essential worker, maybe a podcast driving to and from work might be helpful. Um, we want to provide some extra content, something a little more off script, off the cuff, you know. So Tonight, since John isn't going to be around, what we decided to discuss is the fact that obviously this is a sports podcast, but there isn't much going on in the world of sports. But there is one sport, or rather entertainment, that's still in the limelight right now, and that's wrestling. More specifically, WWE, but AEW, All Elite Wrestling, which is the the alternative right now, are still making shows. Yeah. Still making shows, still making content, which honestly, no matter how you feel about having these guys go to work while this virus is out there, I'm sure there are plenty of people who who like having that on their TV screen while they're sitting at home doing nothing. Um, so to give you a preface, if you're not a wrestling fan or if you haven't been in a long time, um, we have WrestleMania coming up this weekend. It's going to be a two-night event which they should have done a long fucking time ago because the show was like five or six hours long the last few years. And it's all taped. It's not live. So that's going to be weird. Um, so we're kind of here just to discuss the general landscape of this particular part of sports because obviously it's still going on, but we kind of want to talk about the, I guess, like should WrestleMania be going on? How much of this should be, they be doing? Is it something you should tune into, et cetera, et cetera? So to start us off, though, I want to give us a chance to qualify ourselves because obviously I don't think we've discussed wrestling a whole lot on this show. I know John's not the biggest wrestling fan, though he does. He did know about some of the bigger names back in the day. Brad and I are actually wrestling fans. We discuss it a lot. Um, so, Brad, tell me about your relationship with wrestling. What what makes you a fan? Tell me about your past. What What brought you back to it? Okay. Um, well, I being a almost 40 year old, I am considered, um, Gen X. So I grew up in the nineties watching wrestling. I've been watching it since like 1990 to 1992. We're in that time. Like I remember, I remember pre Monday night wars wrestling, um, you know, I even remember as a kid when wrestling used to come on on Saturday nights, uh, WCW used to run Saturday night main event. You know, they don't you don't see that kind of stuff that much anymore uh, because it's more 
concentrated on weekdays, but you know, I've I've been watching wrestling in some capacity for nearly my entire life. Um, I have always been a WWF slash WWE fan. Um, but when I was a kid, I actually liked WCW more than WWE. I thought it was more entertaining. And this was before the Monday Nitro introduction and before the NWO started. I mean, it, to me, it was actually what you would consider, quote unquote, wrestling. Before uh, when, before you, Vince Russo and his uh, mom on a pole match. Yeah, before Vince Russo came in and almost ruined it for for everyone. Um, you know, it was, it was, and I know a lot of people don't like him. Um, but like Jim Cornette says, it has to be somewhat believable. Uh, you know, you're supposed to suspend your disbelief. Uh, you're supposed to not think that just for an example, that the undertaker is actually a mysterious, uh, warlord mystic wizard who can rise from the grave but at the same time you're also supposed to believe that hey those two dudes in the ring really do want to get into a fight um and you know you don't see as much of that anymore i mean it's it's sports entertainment like vince mcmahon has completely sold out <laughs> to <laughs> to not even use the word wrestling anymore uh if he could get away with calling it the WSE world sports entertainment. He probably would. Um, you know, I mean, I still like it. You know, I still watch it all the time. I'm more of an AEW fan now because I think they're, they provide a better product than what WWE provides. And I'll get into that uh, later. Cause I'm sure we'll talk about the problems in modern WWE. Um, but you know, I, I remember watching it as a kid, you know, when Macho Man Randy Savage was popular, The Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, um, Roddy, Roddy, Rowdy, Roddy Piper, uh, Sting. You know, I was a big Sting fan. Uh, I guess you could call me a Mark, I guess is what the <laughs> proper wrestling term would be. Um, but I loved Sting. I liked Ric Flair. I liked Hacksaw Jim Duggan, um, you know, the, the Bushwhackers, like all these crazy characters that the WWE and WCW had from back in the day. Um, and, you know, I, I watched wrestling all through my teenage years. You know, when I was in high school and college, me and a group of my friends, we used to get together at one of my friend's house and we would all put $5 in and watch every single WCW pay-per-view. And, you know, some, those are some of my most cherished memories from, those years of my life. And then in about, I want to say it was about 2006 ish. I kind of fell off um, from watching it all the time. Cause it, you know, Vince McMahon had purchased WCW uh, and WWE was the, really the only viable wrestling product on TV. And it just, it started getting stale and so I took a break from it for a, a long time. Like, I think it was four or five years before I started watching it again. And then after that, I was kind of on and off with it, M more on than off. But I would take long breaks from it. I wasn't as into it as I used to be. And then 
AEW came along and I haven't missed an episode of AEW Dynamite um, because they've brought joy back into watching wrestling. And that's something that is sorely missed in WWE, at least in my opinion. Uh, I'm not going to knock anybody for liking a product that I don't like because, you know, people have different tastes, but you can see a difference in the two. That's what's presented to you as a viewer. Um, And to me, AEW is is more of what I want. And I've learned over these last several months now, it's been almost a year since AEW launched, I've learned that I didn't fall out of love with wrestling. I fell out of love with Vince McMahon's vision of wrestling is. And I think that's a big distinction. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I, it's funny. It's funny kind of hearing your perspective. Cause you just named all these people were like, when I actually got into wrestling, they were like the guys where I heard about them. Like I watched videos of like stone cold, Steve Austin and like, sting and all that and yeah i didn't i didn't even mention stone cold steve austin and the rock i mean i they they were the two big dudes in wwe in the attitude era and i mean you know the whole stone cold versus mr mcmahon thing is what got a lot of people into wrestling right and i came after that because so when i was i i probably got into wrestling somewhere around middle school and for me, middle school, I had moved from like I had moved from primary school right into a new state, totally new area in like sixth grade. So I was like I had like no friends at the time. So like when I actually like I only really got into wrestling just because I like I had always been like I had always heard people like all the bullies at school talking about how wrestling stupid, blah, blah, blah. And like um, I was watching the night that uh, they did the tribute to Eddie Guerrero, oddly enough. Um it was the night that, like, I had, like, seen it in passing here and there, but I never really, like, tuned in. But I saw this match with Shawn Michaels and Rey Mysterio. I don't remember if it was a tag team match or if it was a one-on-one match, but it was the night that they did the Eddie Guerrero tribute. And that was where I got hooked because those two fucking tore the house down. And I just kept watching it, but, like, I had never had, like, Stone Cold and The Rock and, like, all that. I was It was always just stuff I had heard about. Um mm-hmm for the longest time I actually thought stone cold Steve Austin and Goldberg were the same person. Um, <laughs> so, but I, I like, I started watching it then. And the character that I actually really fell in love with oddly enough, for whatever reason was Randy Orton. Um, I, I can lo- see that Randy Orton in, in that time period was really good. I mean, he's still yeah. good now, but he, he was really, really good. Well, like, I just, I was waiting for him to turn face because this was after he beat Chris Benoit for the for the championship in SummerSlam and got thrown out of Evolution and had his, like, minor face turn. It, this was the time where he was feuding with The Undertaker, mm-hmm. which was some of the best shit of that time was yeah. that feud with The Undertaker. Um, so I got it. I liked Randy Orton, and, I, like, I followed along, and I started to appreciate the performance art of it over time, like... I understood why people didn't like John Cena, but I appreciated a lot of the things. Like I started to appreciate the technical aspects of what they do in the ring because I was growing up. I was, I was an aspiring actor. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually at one point decided I was going to be a pro wrestler because I, I appreciated all of the nuance that went into their performances. And 
that's kind of what kept me going to this day, even though there are so many times where I want to like throw up my controller at my TV because of what Vince McMahon decides to do with his fucking booking with his wrestlers. Um, but there's always those like moments where it's like, okay, this is the shit I'm here for. Like a good example was edge returning this past year. Well, not even this past year, this year at the Royal rumble, like nine years in the making, the dude had had just had neck surgery ended his career nine years prior to that. And somehow he managed to find a way back in that moment where he was on the ramp and had like, you just saw all the emotion hit him. Like I'm back. I'm back doing what I love. Like, that kind of shit is what I'm here for. That was like one of the greatest moments of wrestling I've ever seen was just the look on Edge's face when he realized I'm back doing what I love to do. Um, so that's the kind of thing that that really wrote me in just like those, those like big moments that where like, and they come few and far between sometimes now in WWE. And I feel like AEW is going to do a really good job of making those happen as they gain more traction with their product. But that's the kind of shit I'm here for is those like big moments where like no other form of entertainment can do that. So that's, that's why I would consider myself a fan still to this day and why I follow along with the product, no matter how fucking frustrating it makes me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I find it interesting that your first real interaction with wrestling was the Eddie Guerrero tribute show, because I had a completely different reaction to that show. Um, because Eddie Guerrero was one of the probably three or four guys that I absolutely just, I loved to watch him work. And I don't know if you've ever gone back and watched old video of Eddie Guerrero's. Oh, work. I have. Yep. He I have. is arguably one of the, if not the best Latino wrestlers of all time. Um, and the night that he won the WWE championship over Brock Lesnar at, I cannot remember the name of the pay-per-view now. I think it was no way out or something like that. I think so. Something like but that. But the night yeah. he won the, the WWE title for the first time is one of the standout moments of that decade of wrestling. And to see just a couple of years later that he was gone, um, I mean, he's one of the guys, you know, wrestling has had a long sorted history with, with wrestlers dying way too damn young. And he was one of the ones that I still, to this day, I miss seeing him. Like I, I miss Eddie Guerrero. Uh, and I can't really say that about a lot of wrestlers, but he is absolutely one of the ones that I feel that way about. And I, it's, it's just, it's odd to me you know, just, I guess it shows our difference in age and everything, but one of the worst, most des desolate, saddest episodes of WWE Raw I've ever seen is the same episode that got you to fall in love with the product. And I think the reason behind that was because they were putting their asses out there on the line with reckless abandon. Like yes. the whole, like the whole show, I remember I tuned in right when that match was happening and I was hearing them all talk about it and like, I was looking online. I was seeing, I saw their video packages to Eddie Guerrero. And I was like, this is, I was like, I don't understand this, but this is a really heavy moment for, for these people. And, yes. and they were doing it. They were putting their asses on the line. Like you said, to make Eddie Guerrero proud because they knew he was watching them and, and watching, just, you know, that shows how much of an impact he had on people. <clears throat> exactly. And 
watching Rey Mysterio and Shawn Michaels absolutely tear it up, which I didn't know it at the time, but I was witnessing a match that we, you probably should have been getting on pay-per-view at the time. Like I didn't understand that, but it was two of the most gifted performers of all time in wrestling. Yes. And they absolutely tore the fucking house down. And that was where I like, I saw the passion in it and I was like, this is an art form. This isn't just some gimmick bullshit that I've been led to believe by people who are like, well, wrestling's fake. It's just a decided outcome. Like people who watch it are stupid, blah, blah, blah. Like it's, it's a performance art. And yes, that was what is. drew, that was what drew me in. And I think it's crazy. You're right. It is crazy that that night that was like, so for so many fans of Eddie Guerrero, like was such a huge time. I was just some guy tuning in and it drew me in. It's like, it's, all the more reason to appreciate Eddie Guerrero for what he was because he motivated everybody else around him to be better once he was gone. Yeah. And I mean, you, Shawn Michaels is arguably the greatest wrestler ever as far as entertainment value. Uh, he looked like a wrestler. He, he was a very skilled performer. His matches made sense. Uh, he drew money. I mean, just about any metric that you can use, to judge good wrestler. I mean, Shawn Michaels is, is arguably the best entertainer of, of wrestling in, in their history. And like you said, to see him put on a pay-per-view quality main event match with Ray Mysterio on a random tribute episode of Monday night raw um, in 2005. I mean, that was toward the end of his career. That wasn't even like he was big in the nineties and early two thousands. That wasn't even, you know, like, he was he was just coming down from his prime. And yeah, the way the way I always understood it was he had that major back injury that should have put him out for good, and then he came back. And- yes, he was out for several years with a back injury, and um, you know, it, it's just one of those things. Like we almost didn't see him anymore, and there are a lot of wrestlers that are like that. Um, Triple H is another example. He he had to have surgery on both of his quads because he tore both of them and tore one of them so bad that the, the meat came off of the bone like completely. And, you know, he's, he's had that happen multiple times. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin broke his neck on a yep, pile driver I, that went wrong. I read uh, about Brock that. Lesnar actually, almost broke his neck. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but Brock I did. tried to do a backward shooting star press off the top rope and landed head first. Yeah, it looked like he concussed himself. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I mean, there's so many stories of almost in in wrestling. It's amazing what these people do and what they put up with just to entertain us. And, you know, a lot of people, and I, I, I want to touch on this because you, you mentioned it, because people always say this about wrestling, and it, it pisses me off when people do. They say it's fake. Okay. It's not fake. It's predetermined. There's a difference. Yes. When I'm just going to throw out two names. I don't even know if, you know, whatever, but when stone cold, Steve Austin and the rock compete for the WWE championship in the main event at WrestleMania, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever, 20 years ago, (laughs) they already know who's going to win. They know that going in and they both are working to make sure that that happens. But 
those bumps where they hit the mat, those are real. The jumping off the ropes and landing on their knees, on their backs, on their ass, that shit is real. It hurts. It's not fake. And when people say it's just scripted, predetermined stuff, okay, so is The Walking Dead. So is, um, you know, NCIS. So is Law and Order. So is any of these TV shows you like. I mean, there are not real zombies walking around in America right now. Um, Yeah. You're not in a zombie apocalypse. Um, Yet. Yet. Um, You know, it's like Star Wars. Star Wars is, is fake, too. I mean we don't live in, in the star Wars universe, all of these things that we watch, they're fake quote unquote fake, but that doesn't mean that wrestling should be the only one that's singled out. I mean, I you know, to, to, to really quick, just like give you the best comparison I'd ever heard. So you get tickets to go see a Broadway, <clears throat> a Broadway play. Let's say you're going to go see, I don't know, Macbeth. We all know how Macbeth ends. Everybody fucking dies. Or Romeo and Juliet. Like, we, everybody fucking dies. We know how it's going to end, but you still go watch the show for the performance. And that's what wrestling is. Exactly. Watching but the it only difference the between wrestling and that is you don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. The performers know. But the fans that bought tickets don't. Now, there's sometimes when you do, it's blatantly obvious but <laughs> yeah, especially in WWE, like there's a lot of times it's blatantly obvious. And I guess it's a, a good way to, to show the difference between wrestling now versus when I was younger, the internet ruins 99% of wrestling storylines. Okay. Yep. Like nowadays when you have a, <clears throat> just a, like a loser leaves town match, um, you already know who's going to win because 99% of the time on Twitter or whatever, it's already been leaked that such and such wrestler has signed with another promotion or is going to Japan or whatever. So you already know who's going to lose the loser leaves town match. You know, 30 years ago, we didn't have any way of knowing that. Like it was, it was still a somewhat of a surprise. Yeah. Uh, and that that era has basically died. I mean, aside from like, you know, Edge randomly showing up, which even then, I mean, like there were def. I I was there. Like I wanted Edge to show up, but it wasn't like at the Royal Rumble. But it wasn't like I was super surprised when it happened. Like because of all the speculation about it, um, and even when like for example, those matches with those what was it two matches with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, where Brock it was like pretty clear like. Vince McMahon wants Roman Reigns to win. And like, yeah, the the audience all saw it coming and they were all pissed about it, but then they had Brock Lesnar win to have a swerve. That just made it even worse. Like they yeah. should have just steered into the skid. But I feel like the last real, um, the last real storyline we're ever going to get where we don't actually know what's going to happen was the CM Punk match against John Cena at SummerSlam or money in the bank. I should say it's money in the bank. Yeah. Where, because they they built up the storyline. CM Punk went out there and said a bunch of shit that no wrestler will ever be allowed to say on Mike ever again. Um, 
and you had some real doubt as to whether or not he was going to come back or not. Um, and then he, and then he ended up winning and they had, they did a whole thing with, you know, him being like crashing press conferences, shit like that. Like that was the last time I ever feel like I didn't really have an idea of what was going to happen was that storyline. Yeah. And just in typical WWE fashion, they completely fucked it over. Yeah. They had, they um, had the hottest, they had the hottest, the hottest thing in wrestling. The hottest thing in wrestling they've had since Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then they fucked it up because they had fucking Kevin Nash come in there with Triple H. Oh, God. What they I don't even want to talk done. about it. And I, I'm with you. When CM Punk cut that pipe bomb promo, which was nine years ago, as hard as that is to believe, um, I, th- I thought to myself, I'm like, there is no way in hell Vince McMahon is going to let him win the title against John Cena. Like, there is no way. And then he did, and I was surprised. And then, and it wasn't clean, but it was clean enough. Too. It was it was clean enough for a, a Money in the Bank pay per view. Um, but what they should have done was they should have let CM Punk leave. He should have Vince McMahon. His ego got in the way, but they should have let him go to like New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, TNA. If it, you know, I don't know if it was still around. Well, I, he was I, still under contract, though. I know, but they should have worked out an agreement. He could go to to New Japan. He could go to TNA, like do one-offs, go to uh, Ring of Honor, and defend his WWE championship. That would have been so good. And just have him and have him stay gone for like three months minimum, and then do what they did, which was do a new WWE title with With a new theme for him as well. Yeah, and yeah, that, that part well. was fine. And then have CM Punk come back at the Royal Rumble and win the Royal Rumble and John Cena versus CM Punk main events WrestleMania to unify those two belts. That would have been money. Oh my God, yeah. We, we'd still be talking about that. We would still like, be talking about it. And CM Punk would have never left the company. CM Punk would have never left. He would probably still be there. And I don't even know what they did that WrestleMania. Let's take a look. I'm pretty sure that was, was that the year where they did the first rock matchup with him? With John? Uh, no. Um, let's see. Oh, I looked up the wrong year. Hold on. It was 2012 because it was 2011 when it because I know I feel I don't think it was that quickly that Punk faced off against Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. I feel like they waited another year after that. Okay, yeah, it was John Cena against The Rock for the WWE title. Okay, so then it was no that so it, that wasn't for the, the Rock, title though. Yeah, it was for the title for the fir- the first one. I don't think so because the, the Rock one won after. Um, Oh, you're right. You're right. Okay. No, because John John Cena fought The Rock, and then the whole the whole wait did it? Damn, I don't even. I'm remember sorry. That. Hold on a minute. Um, Money in the like... Bank, July of 2011 is when he left. So okay, okay it would have been. I I I looked up the wrong year. You were right. It was just John Cena versus The Rock. CM yeah. Punk defeated Chris Jericho. Which was actually a pretty good match. Yeah, he was still the champion. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, the way that worked out. But imagine they could have moved that to the next year. 
Well, on top of that, the funny like their 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 rematch where or hell, Punk Jericho beat, versus Punk could have been the main event for. It like should have been come back. It should have been, and it wasn't, and that's why he left. Yeah, but they could have that that second match between John Cena and CM Punk. They could have very easily pushed that off to WrestleMania because that second match was so fucking good that they had. Like they could have very easily found found a way to do that. But yep, CM Punk was gone, and uh, yeah, and part of the reason why he cut that promo. The year they did it, the WrestleMania main event in 2011 was John Cena against The Miz. With The Rock as special referee or enforcer? Um, He was involved, yeah. Yes. (laughs) The, um, yeah, that was the one where they did the Schmoz finish, where they double counted out and then The Rock showed up and said, no, I'm the referee now, this is going to be a real match. And then the Miz still won, which the Miz was overshadowed in his own WrestleMania main event. How fucked up is that? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty shitty. And yeah, but I'm I'm sorry. I like the Miz. Don't get me wrong, but the Miz should never main event WrestleMania. I think this this iteration of the Miz, if they had actually like strapped their rockets to him and let him go, he could have. But that iteration of the Miz, no, absolutely not. Yeah, and that's the problem. And, and we'll go ahead and talk about Vince. That's the problem. Vince McMahon does not know how to create stars. No. Vince McMahon, the last star Vince McMahon created was John Cena. And, well, Roman Reigns kind of. He almost did. He shoved Roman. The problem is he waited too long to pull the trigger on Roman Reigns, and then when he did pull the trigger, he shoved him down fans' throats. Yeah, and he did the wrong thing. What he should have done with Roman Reigns is what he did with The Rock. He should have turned him heel and made him the cool heel. And then people would have got behind him. I mean, that's exactly what happened with Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. Like exactly. they were heels and eventually people were cheering them. Like, cause, and that's what happened with the Miz too. Like the Miz was eventually a heel that people cheered. Like in this day and age, it's no longer about having your superhero baby faces who are all like, they're basically Clark Kent. Like fans want those guys who will just go fuck a guy up for, for no reason at all. Like, they want another Stone Cold Steve Austin, and they haven't been able to deliver. Yeah. I mean, it's... Vince is trying to rely on people that were popular when I was a, a younger fan. Like, Goldberg is a good example. Fucking Goldberg is going to have a title match at WrestleMania this weekend. Bill Goldberg is 53 years old. Okay. Yep. Bill Goldberg should not be competing in a title match as the champion in 2020 in any capacity. Bill Goldberg, if he's going to compete at WrestleMania, he should be in the Legends match because I know it's WrestleMania and they have to have one every year. And that's fine because there there does need to be a few, you know, breaks like, oh, this is cool. This is Hulk Hogan versus The Rock or, you know, Triple H versus The Undertaker or, you know, whatever. We we need some of those. But he shouldn't be the champion. It's ridiculous that he's the champion. You know, put, they, the, put the fucking belt on somebody like, um, like Dolph Ziggler or Aleister Black or Ricochet or Kevin Owens or Seth Rollins or, you know, any of these younger guys that you have that fans will get behind. Put the belt on them. 
The thing that bothers me the most about the Goldberg thing, like I know that Bray Wyatt wasn't the most popular as far as like an in-ring performer, but like he had he went on this whole journey throughout the last year after he reinvented his character and everything was like super well done from a production standpoint, from a writing standpoint with him, from a character standpoint. And they had all these feuds for him that made sense. And they have this feud going into this weekend with John Cena that makes a lot of sense. But somewhere along the line, they were like, well, we got to take the belt off and we're going to put him on, on Goldberg. So Goldberg squashes Bray Wyatt, who could be the next undertaker for the WWE. He gets squashed by Goldberg in Saudi Arabia for the championship, which just like, thankfully it didn't kill the character because he's got a great, what seems to be a great match coming up with John Cena. that's supposedly his baby. But if this match is so, has so much creative energy put into it, why isn't the championship involved? The, th- the best thing they could have done with Bray Wyatt is a don't put the belt on him in the first place. No, that was a horrible mistake. I agree. He didn't need it. B or B, if they're going to put the belt on him, like if they want to get it off of Seth Rollins, because that's who he beat, right? Yep, that was who he beat. And Seth okay, Rollins. Well, if they want to get it off of Seth Rollins, which is apparently what they wanted to do, then have Bray Wyatt win it. But the next night, have him come out and cut a promo and say, you know, I don't want this shit. I don't need your trinkets. And have him throw it in the garbage. And then have been a very... tournament, have a vacated title, and then do a tournament or something. I know Vince hates tournaments, but do a tournament for the new champion and then let somebody other than Seth Rollins win. I mean, that's it's not that hard. Like, you can control the narrative. It's fake, quote unquote. It's not like you need yeah, to get there's like, ways to around really it. They've done it Bray before. Wyatt. Like, all you have to do is just, and it makes sense in Bray Wyatt's world that he doesn't want a belt. No, his his literal storyline has been all about revenge and uh, writing and his wrongs, so Seth. the belt has really nothing to do with to that. Do. Yeah, at that point, he could have just laid it out and been like, "I don't need this," and it would have. And there would have been of those fans would be like, "Oh, that doesn't make any sense." But like, it would have been better we, than at, like four, fucking Goldberg. Yeah, four or five months later, we wouldn't have cared about it anymore. Like Bray Wyatt could have still had his feud with Daniel Bryan and uh. Bray Wyatt could still be feuding with John Cena at WrestleMania. Like the, everything the, the belt didn't the need to be All involved. All they had to do was just have him vacate the belt because he doesn't need it or want it. And you you brought up a good point. He had he had the potential to be this century's or this century, this generation's Undertaker. The Undertaker never needed to be champion. I mean, he was, but he never nope. needed to be. The Undertaker started out as literally an Undertaker. Like he was a literal build coffins and bury people in them Undertaker. And then in the Attitude Era, his mystique, it got crazier and crazier. Uh, Then he became like a a warlock with powers and shit. But, um, you know, he never needed it. He was bigger than the belt. And in the Fiend version of Bray Wyatt, could have been bigger than the belt if Vince would have just let him do it. But you know, just as well as I do, and anybody else who watches WWE knows this, Vince McMahon hates it when someone else gets over on their own. 
you know, like that's, well, the way, to, no. to me, that's the stark difference between AEW and and WWE. AEW, they go, hey, you got ten minutes, go get over. WWE, they're like, hey, you've got ten minutes. Here's your script. Don't do anything that's not on this piece of paper. You know, don't go. Yeah. You can't get yourself over because Vince isn't ready for you to get over. And it it cheapens the product. The sad part about the Bray Wyatt situation is that they did throw their weight behind him, but because of the fact that Goldberg showed up on one SmackDown prior to that Saudi Arabia pay-per-view, it changed their entire plans. Yeah, and they, they shouldn't because do that. that that specific that no, because like Goldberg being involved in any capacity is going to bring you the ratings. Like he could fight, he could fucking spear the shit out of Dolph Ziggler again at WrestleMania. People will tune in to see it. Like, um, yeah. So it's just a matter of being out of touch with the booking. And I, I agree about the AEW thing. I mean, that's the reason why Orange Cassidy is like the biggest star they have right now. Yeah. And he's just some dude who sticks his hands in his pockets with his with his jeans and does some crazy shit, but he's the most over guy in the whole fucking the whole fucking thing, aside from maybe John Moxley. Mm-hmm. Like And it's because they let them be themselves. But all yep. these wrestlers that are so, leaving WWE, they're saying the main reason is because Vince would not let them do what they wanted to do and try to get actually. You make a own. great point. You make a great point because uh, we were talking about AEW. Brody Lee, aka Luke Harper, is a great example of that. Um, yes, I know you and I talked about this a little bit, but during the feud that he had with uh with randy orton so bray wyatt and randy orton for the listeners here who may not have paid attention um randy orton and bray wyatt had a had a really slow burn feud that was honestly really well done um that built up for several months for them to collide at wrestlemania and during that feud luke harper who was one of bray wyatt's disciples in storyline was basically figuring out that randy orton uh, being allies with Bray Wyatt was all just a farce. It was Bray, it was Randy Orton's way of getting inside of the Wyatt family just to fuck everything up and fuck Bray Wyatt over. And Luke Harper realized that in the storyline. Before they even started this storyline, Luke Harper, a.k.a. Brody Lee, told the writers, hey, if you put me in this position, I'm going to get over. And they were like, no, we're right in a way where you, you, it'll be fine. And guess what? Luke Harper got over to the point where the crowds were always chanting his name. So WWE just kind of like pushed him to the background and pretended he didn't exist because that's yeah, what they it's, do. It's almost like wrestlers know that what's going to get over and what's not. Right. It's amazing how that happens when wrestlers are, especially a guy like Luke, Har- Luke Harper, who actually like would benefit from getting over, like yeah. made the decision to say, Hey, I'm going to get over, and that's not what you want. Don't do this. And they said, no, it's nah, fine, and it's still yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. So now you have a guy who could have been a really big draw for you. He's now an AEW making fun of Vince McMahon. Yes. <laughs> and um, the thing about Brody Lee, and if you've listened, if you listen to the Chris Jericho podcast, he, he talks to Brody Lee. Brody Lee said that he when he first got there, he went and talked to Vince McMahon. And Vince McMahon said, I need you to do a Southern accent. And Brody Lee's like, I'm from Rochester, New York. I don't do a Southern accent. And Vince was like, well, you've got to. 
and because he looks like he crawled out like, I want you to try it. in Louisiana. And once Vince McMahon sees you as something, that's it. That's what you are, no matter what. And he couldn't process that Luke Harper was intelligent and was from the North, but looked like that. And so he never could, he never could break the glass ceiling, as they like to say, and grab the brass ring, which is complete bullshit. Um, another example of, of that is Zach Ryder. You know, Vince has oh, always God, told yes. wrestlers, you know, go grab that brass ring, get yourself over and, and we'll see how it goes. Well, Zach Ryder did that. And he was buried. And he did that. He did it on his own. He, he did, did that it on a YouTube channel. Yeah, he did that on the internet. He didn't even do it in front of live crowds. He got himself over using YouTube, which something at the time no other superstar had done. I just said superstar. God sakes, I'm Michael Cole. No other wrestler had done <laughs> yeah. using using YouTube to get themselves over. Like they they used a third party platform to get themselves over in their own company. It was, was remarkable, and he, it was remarkable, and he got an Intercontinental Championship reign that lasted a whole day out of it. Yeah, they should have put the Intercontinental Championship on him and given it to him for like six months. It was a genius move, and a normal Booker would have rewarded him for it. He did exactly what he's supposed to do. He went out and got over with the fans, and it cost him. And it wasn't even like he was a the bad same wrestler. Ever since. He's been a joke character ever since. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know. Is he even still in WWE? Yeah, he shows up from time to time for like locker room brawls and yeah, okay. jobbing out to other tag teams. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny how that happens when... Because it wasn't even like Zack Ryder was a bad performer. Like, I remember he put on a, several matches that were actually really good. Like, he had... He has a Dolph uh, a move set almost like Dolph Ziggler at times, like yeah, where he can pop like, a crowd he's like off. Dolph no problem. Ziggler not quite as good, but he also looks more like a performer that. But he also yes, he also like. looks more like a wrestler. Yeah, but it's just funny. Aye, aye. Vince McMahon is like, "Hey, go out there and get over." No, not like that. Yep. Though we could be seeing a change soon. I'm a little optimistic about it. I know we touched on WrestleMania a little bit earlier, but WrestleMania will be two nights this year, yes. this weekend. And to touch on that idea of getting yourself over and getting put in the spotlight and becoming the guy, they seem to be finally letting Drew McIntyre be that guy. Um He's going to face Brock Lesnar, who is obviously the top of the top in the WWE. He's the champion right now. He's been the champion so many times over the last fucking how many years. And he won the Royal Rumble. He he actually eliminated Brock Lesnar in the Royal Rumble. He had a really awesome, genuine moment, like I was saying earlier, where like you those moments where you're that you actually are there for as a wrestling fan. He had one of those when he won the Royal Rumble and you saw his genuine like celebration and appreciation of the moment. And he's going to face Brock Lesnar, granted not in front of like anybody because it'll be in the performance center and it's all taped and it's already been predetermined, but they have the opportunity this Sunday to put the guy over. What do you think of that, Brad? 
Well, what I think they should do and what I think they will do are two different things. Um, <laughs> Drew McIntyre should absolutely win. Whether or not he will, I don't know. Um, but at the same time, I almost think that Brock Lesnar should retain because there's no crowd. Yeah, I mean, like that's going to take away from the moment from him. Yeah, winning. like I think if the if the crowd was going to be there, you absolutely put the title on Drew McIntyre. But what I think they should do now, because of the current situation with the the COVID nineteen keeping people from being there, they should just have Brock retain, and they should have the rematch at SummerSlam in front of a in front of the crowd and have Drew McIntyre win there. Because he hmm. deserves to win the title in front of a maxed out hot crowd. Yeah. You bring up actually something that I did want to discuss anyway, so we can segue right into it. Why the fuck are they having WrestleMania right now? I mean, like, I get it. I'm I'm appreciative of it because I know there are going to be a few matches that I'll enjoy while I'm sitting at home doing nothing, but... WrestleMania is not the same when there's not a crowd there to appreciate the moments because that that just adds to the moment. And and WWE has stubbornly decided to go forward with WrestleMania happening this weekend with no crowd. Yeah, there's positives and negatives to it. Um, Like you said, the crowd not being there is a big negative um, because that's usually like 75% of what makes WrestleMania WrestleMania. Um, Right. But at the same time, there's a lot of these feuds that are going on that they have to end. And they can't stretch them out for three to six more months. And, yeah, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins comes to mind, so I agree yeah, there. Like, there's some of the stuff that it, the story has to end now. Um, the one thing about, the, about WrestleMania that I actually like, and I hope they, they see this as a test run and they continue to do it, is the two nights. You mentioned this earlier. Um, I think the too big for one night marketing is bullshit. I wish Vince would just come out and say why they're doing it over two nights. Um, you can break kayfabe and say, hey, the COVID-19 situation is make do this like AEW has done. And, and people are going to be OK with it. We know why. Like, it's not like it's a surprise. Like, we know, hey there's no crowd and it's two nights because nobody can fucking go anywhere. Like we know. Um, but I like the idea of two, three and a half hour shows because I've watched WrestleMania in the past and it is a chore because eight hours of anything in one sitting is hard to watch. Especially if you're there. Like in Especially person, where you're actually you're using your it lungs got to be exhausting because you have to get there like a couple of hours early. Um, you have to stay late, and I mean, it starts because they do it at these outdoor stadiums. It starts at what, like five o'clock? Yeah, something like that. Then they get the pre-show. Like they get the pre-show matches going. And then around I mean, like seven, still, it kicks off. <laughs> yeah. And you're out and it's, it's over like at 1130 or even midnight. And that's a long ass show. Yeah. That's longer than like most, that's longer than like really anything from a performance standpoint, music or otherwise, like even, even like a show where you have an opener, a mid card and 
the the main event as far as like a music show doesn't usually go that long. And I understand it to a degree because a lot of these wrestlers get paid bonuses for being at WrestleMania and Vince tries to get everybody on the show. That's why they have the 30 man Andre, the giant battle Royal thing. Cause it's an easy way to get everybody on the show, but my God, it's just, there's like, there's no need for 14 matches at WrestleMania. No, you don't need more than 10. Not so, in one night anyway, yeah. Yeah, so having seven on one night and seven on another night is good. And I know they're not going to split it up this way, but what I would like to see them do is have all of the women's matches on one night and all of the men's matches on the other night and have two separate WrestleManias like that. Um, They at least should have Becky Lynch and I think it's uh, Shayna Baszler. Yep. They should main event one of the two nights and then the Brock Lesnar Drew McIntyre match should main event the other, but you know, who knows what they're going to do? Well, obviously Vince knows cause they've already done it, but um, I don't mind them doing it at the performance center. I mean, I, I do get it that Vince is like, well, we're going to put on a show, you know, I'm Vince McMahon. God damn it. Cause that's the way he is. Um, but I mean, I, I would cancel it. That's what I would have done. I would have said, we're not going to do WrestleMania this year. We'll do a hell, just name it something else. Um, yeah. In your house, you know, bring back that or just name it something else. Don't call it WrestleMania. And then just do SummerSlam as WrestleMania. Yeah, it just diminishes the value of the WrestleMania it brand. It, 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 it diminishes the value of WrestleMania. Yeah, because that's that's the time that everybody works up to. And it's like there's going to be so many. There's going to be so many matches that are like mean a fucking lot and have been building for how long, like Orton and Randy Orton and Edge is one where it's like you can't have that in front of a not in front of a crowd. Like it's going to be a great match no matter what, because those two are fucking amazing in the ring. But you can't not you can't have that last man and standing match without a crowd. Um Bray Wyatt and John Cena, they can get away with it because I think they're going to do some kind of cinematic, um, you know. They're going to essentially weird do shit. what Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy did at their house. Like yeah. they're going to wrestle like in their backyard or some shit. So that they can get away with, which would yeah. be fine to main event this card. But like. And another Drew match Mac- should be like a street fight, like a parking lot brawl or something. Like they should <clears> do things like that instead of doing it in the ring, in the arena with no fans. Right. Like Becky Lynch and Shayna and Shayna Baszler, if they really wanted to make this match happen, they could just do exactly what you said. Just make it a, a street fight or something like that where they're out fighting in the fucking like back of the whole area or something like that. Um, Hell, shoot an angle where one of them is working out in the gym and the other one shows up and they just start scrapping like just. You know, I mean, there's plenty of ways to get around it without having a crowd, but to not put it in an empty arena. Yeah. And I mean, AEW is doing the same thing, and I'll give them criticism for it, too. The first night that they did the no crowd where they had the wrestlers as the quote unquote crowd was the best show they've ever done. Mm -hmm. And it's understandable why they couldn't do that again because the city of Jacksonville told them you can't do this again. Uh, you can't have that many people in the, in the building. 
even though it's an open air amphitheater, you can't do that again. You have 10 people in the, in the same place at the same time. That's all you can do. So the next week was significantly worse. Uh, it was rescued by the angle with Chris Jericho and Matt Hardy that did help, but there was a clear difference in quality between the two. And AEW are also, they're doing the same thing WWE is doing. They've moved to a secret location. They're filming. Hopefully they're filming a bunch of stuff because I have a feeling they're going to get told you can't do anything at all. Yeah. And I, I get I, that they are beholden to TNT and USA and Fox to put programs on television. And with AEW, you know, they've only been around for a year. They don't have a massive library of shit like WWE does. So they have to do something. But WWE has no reason to film wrestling matches right now. They can just show highlights of shit that's on the network. They can show like, you know, an episode of Monday Night Raw from 1999 if they really wanted to. Uh, they could re-air like Saturday night main event. They could show old school stuff. Uh, they could educate fans on who, like who Bruno San Martino is, you know, things like that. It doesn't have to be wrestling in an empty arena with no fans. Right. And even if you want the new content, you can still figure out a way to like make it happen. Like having the guys cut promos on each other to camp to like their own cameras or something like that building up or just like just even just taking a peek into the lives of them when they're not wrestling like you know it's there's not much going on right now so people are gonna tune in i know it's not gonna get the same ratings as like having actual matches and like having an actual episode of smackdown or raw but you know i, mean, I think it would still be the same because what are people gonna watch there's nothing else on like it's not like they can watch a baseball game you know, true they can't watch any other sport so like with AEW, just show episodes of Being the Elite. That's true. That would be pretty good. <laughs> I mean, you know, just do that. Just AEW is actually missing out. They have an opportunity to explain a lot of things to people because they're so new. They can be like, well, this is why it's all elite wrestling. This is why this is who Kenny Omega is. This is who the Young Bucks are. This is who Hangman Page is. You know, they have an opportunity to do that stuff, and I hope they do. But, you know, WWE, they don't have, like you, like we've said, they don't have to keep filming. They can just show us old stuff, or they can just, hell, fight in the parking lot somewhere. Yeah. Hell, re recreate the Stone Cold Steve Austin and Booker T angle where they fought in a grocery store. <laughs> um, I don't know if you've ever seen that. Oh, I have. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, no, Stone Cold beats the shit out of Booker T in a grocery store. Yeah, just do that. They could definitely like string together some film segments to go along with these highlights to not to like mitigate the risk to their suit to their wrestlers and still put on like something entertaining that's not just highlights. Yeah. But that's the world of wrestling for you fucking shitty um i i do i i'm not going to complain right now about the fact that we have some pre-tape wrestlemania shit going on this weekend but after that i'm like maybe you should just like shut it down like they've already done it at this point so it's like yeah same with aw they've already filmed it 
Yeah, same with AEW. Like, I know they're filming as much shit as they can until they get shut down. But after that, like, let's not force it. Let's just let's just embrace the fact that this is where we're at in this country and this is where we're at in the world. And let's just yeah. And see, AEW they they don't have WrestleMania yet. Like, no. they don't have anything like that right now. They've got their double or nothing pay per view at the end of May. That's probably not going to happen. But it's just their second one. Like, they're still in their infancy. And, you know, WWE, this is WrestleMania, what, 35 or 36? Uh, something like that. Yeah, I mean, like, WWE is a, a middle-aged man, and AEW is a toddler. And they, AEW should just, like, they, they did one thing that I will give them credit for, that they had a blood and guts, almost pay-per-view, episode of dynamite lined up and they've postponed it yeah because that has to happen in front of a live crowd which was self-aware with yeah they that was self-aware but you know vince mcmahon is is not self-aware no not at all and so i mean it's i just i i i love watching it every week but i really don't know how much longer i can watch empty arena stuff and i hope that they do the sensible thing both companies and WWE should be taking this opportunity to shut down for a couple of weeks and they can press the reset button on the whole freaking company and start from scratch and do things the right way. Yep. But they won't do it. Nope. Not until a certain someone is dead. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. That's wrestling for you, though, folks. That's um, yeah. Um, do we have anything we were, else we really want to touch on with this? Um, I don't think so. I think I've pretty much covered everything. Yeah, I mean, we're just oh, well, kind of... One sitting... other thing, Vince McMahon, I really wish he would just admit that the coronavirus a- a pandemic is what's causing all this stuff instead of refusing yeah. to acknowledge it. <laughs> uh, like the Roman Reigns thing. Roman Reigns is immunocompromised because he just fought leukemia. And oh, he's, yeah. he's asked to be pulled from WrestleMania. And they were, as of yesterday, they were still advertising he was going to f- be on the show and have a title match. Not only and, that, but Roman Reigns had to be the one to come out and say that he was yeah, pulling himself bullshit. from WrestleMania. Yes, that is bullshit. You cannot do that. The WWE should come out and said, we are looking out for Roman Reigns' health because we understand the risks of the COVID-19 outbreak and we are protecting him from himself. They should have done that the, the day he said, hey, I don't want to do this. They should have shot an angle where he was suspended or some shit like that if they want to keep it kayfabe. But that should have been it. Yeah, I even heard that the that the Miz showed up sick to one of their filmings, yes. and the Usos got pissed about it. And yeah. that was when Roman Reigns pulled himself out. And it's like you just undermined one of your top stars by let making him be the one to break the bad news to everybody that he won't be at WrestleMania. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, and that's really shitty from the Miz. Yeah, well, I don't even know if it's shitty from the Miz's standpoint because, like, I imagine well, he, he knew was, he was sick. I mean, yeah. it's one thing like if you have the if you have the 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 
the virus, but you're not symptomatic. Like you don't know you have it. It's one thing to do that. Like if he's not sick, I don't put blame on the Miz because it's not like he knew he had it, but he allegedly he was sick when he showed up. Why are you showing up? Yeah. Probably more WWE shit, to be honest. I mean, yeah. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I love the Miz as a performer, but that I lost a lot of respect for that, for him after that. Yeah. I guess we'll see what comes out from it, but um, yeah, just, just remarkable considering the rest of the country and the way they're reacting to everything for the WWE to not just like follow suit. It's not hard to follow suit. Like you're, you're not going to get blown up in the media by following suit with the rest of the fucking country. But yeah, I think that's why they're, they're going on with it. Vince is afraid that he will lose. Like people will stop watching or whatever, but it's like, dude, the NBA, the NHL, major league baseball, um, the Bundesliga, the premier league, MLS, fucking UEFA, like all of these, companies and federations and sports leagues and all this, they have all shut down already. Right. You're not, you're not alone. It's not like you're the first person. So just do it. Yeah. Just bite the bullet, settle down, let your wrestlers be safe and then come back when people aren't at risk of killing their coworkers. But that's not the Vince McMahon way, as we know. You know, I'm not surprised by it. Well, one other thing. um, It's not really current events. Who's your favorite wrestler of all time? Oh, boy. Um, I'd probably still say Randy Orton. I'll allow you to cheat. Uh, you can pick like more than one. You can have one from like the first decade you started and like the best one currently, like your favorite wrestler currently. All right. Cause there are so many to choose from. I obviously I said earlier that Randy Orton was one of my favorites. Um, currently my favorite like WWE wrestler would be probably still Bray Wyatt. Um, though I do really like the heel work that Seth Rollins is doing. Um, from AEW, I'd probably say John Moxley only because this is like everything that I wanted them to do with him when he was in WWE. And now he's like allowed to be what there were glimpses of when he was actually working in WWE. He's now just a badass who likes to beat people up, which is all he needed to be. So those are mine. Yeah. I don't think I could narrow it down to just one. Um, I asked you a question. I don't even know if I can answer myself. Um, all time, it would be a tie between either, uh, Macho Man, Randy Savage, Eddie Guerrero, or Stone Cold Steve Austin. I like those are all fair choices for deep, for different reasons. Um, currently, uh, WWE, I don't know if I really could say I have a favorite WWE wrestler right now, uh, cause I don't watch the product that, that much anymore. Uh, I'm a big fan of Kevin Owens. I yeah, he's great. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the current iteration of Sami Zayn. The, <laughs> he's such a prick. Head, the shithead heel Sami Zayn. I love that 
iteration of his character. Um, but my favorite wrestler in AEW, I have two. One's a face and one's a heel. Uh, my favorite face right now is Darby Allen. I really okay. like that kid. He is, in my opinion, he has the potential to be the next, um, like, Shawn Michaels type. Okay. Like, he is going to blow up. Um, he's he's really good at what he does. He does the only suicide dive through the ropes that is believable because he actually, if you watch him do it, he actually hits people. He doesn't catch them with his hands. Oh yeah. I remember um, when he, when he suicide dived into John Moxley when they had their match, which was a fucking fantastic match. Like Moxley jumped over the barricade and it looked like Darby Allen hit him. And it was like a car crash when they yeah, <laughs> he does that all the time. He's the only one I've seen that, that does it that way. Everybody else goes out hands first to catch themselves, you know, that's to protect themselves. But Darby Allen doesn't give a shit. He just dives. It's actually a suicide dive when he does it. Um, but my favorite heel, and he's the greatest heel in wrestling today. I don't care what company it's for. Bar none is MJF. Oh yeah. I knew you were going to say that. He's such a shithead. He is the best heel in wrestling. Yep. Bar none. Bar none. I mean, he gave a seven-year-old the middle finger and an yep. autograph signing. And then he told the, da- the dad to basically fuck off when yeah, the, the dad, dad came out on Twitter. For the kid to meet and greet MJF, and MJF flipped him off. <laughs> kid. Uh, I would say I, I do love Chris Jericho and what he's doing as a reinvented character. I just, if I were to say top heel, he's not heel enough for me. Because there no, are times where I'm like, I love Chris Jericho. Kind of mixed. He's not really a heel or a face. Yeah. Cutting promos on drones. Like, come on now. Yeah. Yeah. And he is doing his best work in, in years. Yes. With the notable exception of the, the period in WWE where he had the list. Yeah. Which was just his... Um reckless reckless abandon trying to get that shit over which he totally did yeah the cheesiest fucking thing wcw character he had or i mean it might have even been when he first got into wwe but he he was the man of a thousand and four holds yep that was that was i do remember that yeah because dean malenko was the man of a thousand holds and jericho cut a promo where he lifted all thousand and four of his holds and like 875 of them were arm bar (laughs) <laughs> and i mean but he can take shit like that and get it over yep what happens if you're good at your craft it's what happens when you let wrestlers do what they do yeah you put them through promo school and then you don't hand them a script crazy how that works yeah i mean and you know we've talked about the downfall of WWE, but the downfall of WWE was twofold. A, when they bought WCW and eliminated their competition, granted WCW had gone to absolute dog shit because of Vince Russo, but B, when they started having writers. Yeah. That, that ruined it. Not necessarily just writers. Cause like, they're the the wrestlers who are given guidelines can still cut some decent promos like guidelines Kevin Owens did. One thing, yeah, but these guys, most of them, they're given a complete. It's like a movie. Yep. 
like this is what you have to say say this or you're fired yeah yep and it's like chris jericho has said um i think it was with brody lee in his interview brody lee was given the microphone as the the exalted one and before they were he was going out there he they were like okay well what am i supposed to say and they're like i don't know say what you think you should yeah Yeah. that's for you to figure out and he was like oh god what do i do because he had spent i do i'm not used to this yeah well safe to say it worked out for Brody lee so i am excited to see what happens when we finally get out of this coronavirus and uh and see what AEW and maybe WWE can put together with some time off. So should be a good time, but yeah, I think what we're going to get is a new generation Monday night war. It's going to be Wednesday night, but we're going to get like Vince doesn't take it seriously yet. Well, he does a little bit because he's not releasing wrestlers anymore because he knows they're going to go to AEW, but he's not taking it as seriously as he took Monday Nitro. And when he starts doing that, WWE is going to improve. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely will. Especially because like from a product to product standpoint, NXT is most similar to AEW. So. And that's because triple H is running it. Once they pull those, those superstars wrestlers or what have you back in who can, really excel in the NXT limelight guys like Cesaro. Um, oh, don't get me started on Cesaro. Yeah. Like even Kevin Owens, like you pull like two guys like that back in, you got a lot of star power. So I'd be, I'm excited to see when that happens, but uh, being Cesaro a wrestling fan sucks. Completely ruined. Yeah. He managed to get over in like three different ways and they still never let him go. <laughs> because he can't talk. Like yeah. he cannot cut a promo to save his life, but he doesn't need to talk. Look no, at the guy. No. Just have him go out there and beat the shit out of people. Yep. Like yep. he could be he could be the, the face version of Jake Hager in AEW. Jake yeah. Hager has not said a word since he signed with AEW. I mean, like, that that feud with Aleister Black, his first feud in the main roster, was fucking fire. And then it was just... But after Aleister Black beat him that one time, then it all just, you know... We were just like, all right, he beat he beat Sorrow, let's move on. Where it could have been, like, an awesome, like, several-match feud, but it, because it was Aleister Black's debut, he wasn't going to lose to him. Like... Yeah, I mean, he's... Cesaro is arguably the best wrestler in WWE. Yeah. But see, Pretty Vince much. doesn't want wrestlers. He wants entertainers. Yeah. That's why people like uh, Mustafa, like, uh, Mustafa Ali just get forgotten about. Yeah. Kofi Kingston goes back. Or, or Ricochet. Yeah. He's been made to look like a chump. Yeah. They finally, like, it looked like they were going to take him seriously. And he gets, he gets squashed by Brock Lesnar. He's, like, al- almost not been heard of from since. Like, Of course, to be fair, Brock Lesnar should beat the shit out of him. I mean... Yeah, but he but had still. like great matches with guys like Daniel Bryan and Rey Mysterio too. So it's like you could have given him at least something. Yeah. Some offense for fuck's sake, but that's that WWE formula. You don't fit the mold, you go back to the mid card where you'd go to die. Because that mid card is crowded. Yeah, 
Yeah, we haven't talked about it yet, but AEW introduced um, they're having an eight man tournament, and I think they're going to film everything before they potentially get shut down with the coronavirus. But they have an eight man tournament for they're introducing a television title. Oh, that's neat. It's called the TNT title. I'm not really crazy (laughs) for the TNT championship. I'm not really crazy about the name. Um, But on one hand, calling it the television title is unoriginal and boring. And that's what ring of honor uses. And um, I think the NWA uses the TV title too, but so that's unoriginal. So they had to come up with something original. They can't call it the U S or the intercontinental or the European because, or North American because WWE owns all those trademarks. So they didn't have very many choices. Um, but I mean, and it also makes sense because it comes on TNT and TNT is another word for dynamite. So, you know, from that perspective, it makes sense, but it's, it's an eight man tournament and it's the winner of the, the final is supposed to be at the pay-per-view in May, but I don't know if they'll have the pay-per-view. Yeah. Really depends on a lot of things. But it's mid-card guys that are competing for it, like Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara is a, is one of the first-round matches. Cody is in the tournament. Lance Archer, who is recently debuted, is in the tournament. Um, Dustin Rhodes is in the tournament. You know, it's those guys that aren't in the main title scene. But it's, it's a mid-card title to give those guys something to do because they've got a solid mid-card. Mm. They definitely do, 100%. And they're like WWE and they have a really good mid card, but they're unlike WWE and they're actually using them and giving them something to do. Yeah. Rather than them just get squashed all the time. Cause but to be fair to WWE and I will give them props, major props. The 24 seven title has been one of the most entertaining things that they've come up with. And that should have been an absolute failure. It absolutely the is. It's the dumbest shit, but it works. Yeah. It it reminds me of the hardcore title that they had back in the. But it's the even day. more ridiculous than that. Like... But it's even more ridiculous. <laughs> but the hardcore title was they gave Mick Foley a broken title belt and he duct taped it together, and then they just started having matches where they could defend it anytime, anywhere, and it's basically the same thing as this. And is our truth still the champion? I think so. Yeah. Um, our truth is a national treasure. Yeah, he should he have can gotten get anything over. He is great. He should have gotten much better treatment from WWE than he did, but he's yeah. taken every everything they've given him and run with it and excelled at it. So, bravo yes. to you, our truth. Bravo. Damn. WWE makes me sad sometimes. Yeah. Um, we just talked for an hour, almost an hour and a half about wrestling. We did without John at that. Without John. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to show him some, some clips so he can give us his, uh, unbiased perspective on wrestling these days. Yeah. Um, We'll have to show him a combination of awesome things that have happened. Like Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. Yeah. I was going to show him edge returning as well. Edge returning. Uh, Like we'll have to show him the context and show him edges retirement speech. Yeah. And then show him the return and then show him like Chris Jericho talking to Vanguard one. Yep. 
Um, because we got to show him some ridiculous shit too. Definitely got to show him uh, Bray Wyatt putting Rambling Rabbit in a blender and uh, drinking yeah. him on on TV <laughs> on a PG show. Yeah. So. Uh, that's another thing that's ruined WWE, by the way, is the move to PG. Oh yeah, definitely horrible. And I mean, they horrible. don't have to be like R-rated or anything, but they could be TV fourteen, like AEW is, and because AEW doesn't go overboard. Yeah, it's just you know Chris Jericho can say you're a piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, that's acceptable at nine thirty at night on cable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they don't have to go full attitude era and go back to like exploiting the women or anything. Yeah, but, they don't have know, to be sexualizing people. But, but but they can they could make it a little more ris- risque. Yeah. When someone calls someone a bitch and everyone's like, "Oh, they said bitch," and it's like that's that's not that's. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. That's like, like the least harmful thing that Stephanie McMahon has heard all day. That's like when that's like when two kids are like about to fight each other in middle school. One of them calls the other one a bitch. It's like, oh, they said bitch. Like, yeah, yeah, too childish. I understand the the mindset behind it, trying to draw in more people because obviously the larger audience is gonna be the PG rated. But man, it would just be nice to like have like even like a twenty five percent return to the to the Attitude Era in that era in that in that area anyway. Um, well, I think the thing that Vince needs to realize is wrestling is not going to be like mainstream, mainstream. It's not going to be baseball or football or basketball. It's wrestling. You already have a core group of insanely loyal fans. Right. Give them what they want. Yeah, I guess we'll see sometime in the next 10 years, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I think that probably about wraps us up, though. We've been talking for a while about wrestling. Yeah. Well, anything else you'd like to add before we get off of here about WrestleMania or AEW or anything like that? Uh, if you are a lapsed wrestling fan and you don't like WWE and you think wrestling has gone downhill, give AEW a chance. Uh, you can watch it on TNT on Wednesday nights. It actually came on as we were doing this i i need to watch tonight's episode i haven't watched it yet but um i think you can catch all of their old episodes on tnt's app i don't know how far back they go or how much their library they keep for free um i know if you if you have hulu you can probably catch some of their stuff on hulu and if you have, if you go to YouTube, you can watch their AEW Dark, which is their kind of like their version of WWE's NXT. It's the the lesser known people. On, well, funny enough, on. they had they had John Moxley on a. On yeah, I haven't watched it yet. I tend to I tend to not watch Dark that often because it's gotten to where it's, and I hate to be this way, but it's all the people in AEW that I don't really like that are on Dark. Like they've gotten smart and found that they need to put the the stars that people want to watch on dynamite. And so they're giving all the lesser stars time on dark. And so I haven't really been following it that much. Um, but I need to watch last night's because Moxley was on there. Yep. 
But if you want to get a good idea of of what AEW can do, you can watch um, Dark on YouTube and you can watch Dynamite on TNT. And it, it's it's an alternative wrestling product for people who want to watch old school WCW wrestling because that's what it is. And you might recognize some people in there, obviously. You Cody probably Rhodes. will recognize some people if you've watched WWE in the last 10 years. Yep. Chris Jericho's a treat. Matt Hardy just recently debuted. Brody Lee, a.k.a. Luke Harper's on there now. So they're starting Jake Hager, a.k.a. Goldust. Uh, yeah, Goldust is on there. Jake Hager, a.k.a. Well, what was his name in WWE? Um, Jack Swagger. Jack Swagger. Um, yeah, so there's a few people you might recognize if you watch WWE over the last 10 years. But yeah, if you're just looking to like zone out and enjoy some wrestling for a little bit, definitely worth checking in. Um, even if you don't follow along and watch the pay-per-views, the weekly shows are still pretty fucking good. So, yeah, and if you're going to start with one, I suggest watching the first empty arena show where all the wrestlers were in the crowd. Yeah. Because that's the best show they've done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we hope that you enjoyed our wrestling centric episode of the Keep Sounding podcast today. Um, We're going to be bringing you. Some more diversified content here soon, along with some Panthers-related content as well. Just going to be popping out some more episodes here and there as we deal with the COVID-19 outbreak and lockdown. So this is Brad joined joining me without John for the first time in a bit. But John has always been known to go off and do his own thing from time to time. Um, stay safe. Stay healthy. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Don't gather among more than 10 people. And we'll talk to you soon. See you guys later.